Hey, I'm Brenda Vanderzanden, and this is the Mindful Resilience Podcast, a show where you'll hear inspiring stories of courageous women who have overcome the odds, have found their voice, and are ready to share it with the world. From community leaders to entrepreneurs, from stay-at-home moms to dancers, each guest will illustrate how their decision to face their trial head-on allowed them to become the author of their own life and their own stories. So welcome again to Mindful Resilience, Real Life, Real Stories. I invite you to get comfortable and let's get started. Hey, and welcome back to Mindful Resilience, Real Life, Real Stories, where every two weeks we're going to bring you inspirational interviews, tips and tricks on how to move through whatever hurdles or obstacles seem to be standing in your way of achieving the success that you know you want and desire. Well, today is no exception. I'm going to be introducing you very shortly to a woman by the name of Natasha McCrae, who is a speaker, an author, um, a coach, a producer, and also an actress. She is not just any coach, actually. She's a life and love coach. That's right. I said it. She's a love coach as well. So a little bit about her. She guides alpha females into designing the life that they want with grace and ease. And she does this so that they can achieve whatever their heart desires, both career-wise and relationship-wise. She believes that women are the gatekeepers to love and that if you have power within you, that you can create the life and the relationships that you want. So she coaches smart women who want to put down their stress and overwhelm and tap into their love power to live the happier and more successful life that they know they want and deserve. So without further ado... Let me introduce you to Ms. Natasha McRae. So thank you so much for being here, Natasha. I'm so excited that you're here. Me too. (laughs) So in the beginning, I mentioned that you're an actress, you're a producer, you're also an author. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Tell us a little bit more. What have I not included on that list? (laughs) (laughs) I'm directing my first documentary. So that is not on the list. But it's, I mean, it's crazy with when you're multi-passionate. It's like, how do you make all of those things congruent in your life? Yeah. And, and so coming, being able to do that has saved me so much time and energy. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So then what's the backstory? Tell us a little bit about that. Like, how did Yeah, you get so I always, I mean, I the main thing that turns me on, wakes me up in the morning, gets me excited, and that I would say I live for in this mm-hmm. moment is my business Love CEO Institute. But Love CEO Institute came out of me having a one woman show Mm -hmm. that I toured all over the US. And when I toured that show, we would do Q&A after the show. And the questions I got, they would be asking me questions about my acting and how I wrote this show. But the questions were really about how do you forgive again? and How do you date after Mm -hmm. divorce? And and how do you love yourself? And how do you not stay jaded when bad things have happened? And so with that, I saw that there was a need and I would get emails and I would return those emails. And mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to always encourage and empower women. And yeah. at the time doing my one woman show, I didn't realize I was really encouraging and empowering. And then I decided to start my practice of private coaching, group coaching courses mm-hmm. on Basically, all things love. Love CEO Institute. It starts with you loving yourself and ends for you attracting the love of your life. So I'm here for all of that. I am here for yeah. all of it. So that's mainly how I started um, Love CEO Institute. And with my background in acting, I knew mm-hmm. I like creating. 
I love creating right. I, and I wanted to do more than just show up on set and do a project. Mm-hmm. I wanted to create the projects. So with writing the woman show and uh, my husband and I directed a project and we took it to Cannes mm-hmm. one year. So that was really exciting. Mm-hmm. And then doing the documentary now is something that I'm basically in control of. Like I'm directing mm-hmm. it. I thought it was going to hire a director mm-hmm. and, and I was just like, I'm directing this thing. And wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I do want to get into the documentary, but before we do, I wanted yeah. to ask you, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So you went on tour a couple of times, mm-hmm. well, many times, I'm sure, right? Yeah. All in North America? It was all in, in North Canada America. Well? Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't do Canada. I did all okay. U.S. So San okay. Francisco, San Jose, L.A., New York nice. a couple of times, yeah. um, D.C., Atlanta. Those are the areas that I went. Wow. So then let me ask you this then. Yeah. We're kind of going off tangent for a second. Have you ever met any celebrities while oh. on tour? <laughs> yeah. Random question, I know, but <laughs> well, I meet them a lot at home because yeah, you know, being really? in LA, yeah, being mm-hmm. in LA and going to different events, you know, go to different red carpet events, and yeah. or even driving in my car. I remember the first time I moved to LA and I'm driving my car and the sun is shining, I have my windows down, and I'm just driving and and we get to a light and I stop and I look over and it's Samuel L. Jackson, and I go Samuel, and he turns <laughs> over and he's like, Hey, what's up? My most current encounter with a celebrity, my sister and I were in Whole Foods and we saw Magic Johnson and wow. we, we all went over to the hot food bar and, and he's putting his food in a hot food bar and we walk mm-hmm. around the corner, we see him and I'm like, Irving, and my and he looks up <laughs> and he's like, hey, how's it going? And my sister's like, you never told me you knew Magic Johnson and, I, and we were cracking up and he's looking That's at funny. me like, where do I know you from? Where do I know yeah. you from? And I'm like, I'm just kidding. I don't know you. And we all <laughs> fell out. And That's I don't know hilarious. what made me just call him by his first name. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you. Like Irving, really? <laughs> I have I don't even know where it came from. It's, he's That's Magic hilarious. Johnson to me, but I was like, Irving, all out <laughs> and whole food. Oh, That's funny. That's was, hilarious. It was That's awesome. He was such I a love that. Sport. Yeah. He was a <laughs> Thank you for that. So let me ask you this then. During your time as, well, all of those things, the speaker, the writer, the author, all of it, have you had to use mindfulness at all at any point? And then have you also had to combine resilience? So yeah. mindful resilience, have you had to use that at any point? That's the one and how? I love about you. When I heard that <laughs> name and read that name and I said, yeah, this, this is a powerful Aww. woman here. Oh, thank you. Um, I, I have truly had to use both. And mm-hmm. I think early on, I leaned into more resilience than anything. Yeah. And resilience wasn't mindful, though. It wasn't okay. intentional because resilience mm-hmm. was just what I knew. Yeah. You know, a lot of women, when something happens to us that may not be what we want, mm-hmm. we have the strength to bounce back and to keep plowing through and, and to never give up. We have that, that strength to come back from, you know, hard times. Yeah. Um, just out of an innate, um, ability, whether we're doing it ugly, you know, or, yep. or doing it pretty. Cause, cause sometimes we'd be doing it ugly. I'm just saying, yep. <laughs> but we're doing it right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and ugly might be a, you know, strange way of saying it, but that, that's, that's a, that's neither here nor there. But, I did that a lot. And then probably about six or seven years ago, I, in studying psychology and understanding the mindfulness, um, ways of doing that, being present, being available, Mm -hmm. being in the moment and being intentional, 
about six years ago was fascinating that I did combine mindful resilience with understanding, Mm -hmm. um, understanding where I needed to be, what I needed to do, how I can love on myself a little bit more, not resilient Mm -hmm. as I'm just plowing through, but but intentional with taking care of me and loving on me and giving myself a little bit of a rock or a cradle or a kiss on the forehead Mm -hmm. myself. So, so yes, I, I mean, I had to, and I think, um, any woman or anyone in particular, but I serve women. So mm-hmm. any woman who is setting out to do business, I think having a practice of mindful resilience would, would go so far that mm-hmm. you're not just plowing through, but you're being very intentional about that because it's going to feel better. You know, yes. It's going to feel good. I think yeah. so. So yes, the answer, that was a long answer. No. The short answer is most definitely. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so my next question, though, is how do you practice mindfulness on a day-to-day basis? Because you are busy based on that list <laughs> of the things that you do. How do you practice it? How do you incorporate it? Yeah, it's so fascinating because I make self-care like a way of life, kind of brushing okay. my teeth. A lot of times mm-hmm. we think of self-care when we're on E and we are, you know, had to be towed yeah. into the gas station to get the gas. Yeah. But I, <laughs> that just didn't <laughs> serve me any longer. That just, I did that for years. It just doesn't yeah. serve me. And mm-hmm. so what I started doing is really making it a daily practice. And the mm-hmm. way that I consider mindfulness so in my self care and the way that I do that is often I'll have, I have a program in my phone and yeah. it'll just say breathe mm-hmm. because a lot of times we'll be working, holding our breath. Yes. Or our shoulders eventually are like this and you don't even realize it. They're scrunched mm-hmm. up to your, your ears. Your ears and your shoulders are having a conversation. But when I have that breathe, it makes me, mm-hmm. you know, loosen my shoulders and take a deep breath. And then the other thing I do is I don't really do to-do lists anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I do appointments. You know, mm-hmm. I schedule the thing. And okay. and I have longer, what could I call it, um, deadlines. So yep. instead of me saying, hey, I'm going to write a book and it's going to be done in two weeks. I would say, Hey, I'm going to write a book and it'll be done in two months. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. so longer deadlines, breathing in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. not having the laundry to do list, stopping and taking a nap when I need to, honey. I will take a nap. Yes. <laughs> I will have no problem taking a nap. And I love that. I love that I yeah. can do that. Before I thought I can't take a nap. I'm going to miss something or I'm not doing the work mm-hmm. I said I would do. I just mm-hmm. like, you're just judging yourself so much. And yeah. So yeah, that's how I on a daily basis, just mm-hmm. making it really habitual where I would you wake up and wash your face and brush your teeth, or yeah. it's just going to be a part of my life. So in terms of the appointments, though, do you schedule appointments for yourself? The things that you have to do are appointments or you, you've done away with to do this? Oh yeah. They're, yeah. They're appointments. They're appointments. Okay. Yeah. So if it's not in my calendar, then it mm-hmm. probably won't get done. Okay. And every now and then, don't get it twisted. You know, we be slipping sometimes. Every now and then, I might be like, I'm going to do this thing. And here's these three things yeah. I'm doing. And I look up at the end of the day and I did a whole bunch of other stuff and I didn't do that thing. Because mm-hmm. if it's not on the calendar, it basically, it doesn't exist. It doesn't, right. Yeah, it doesn't yes. happen. It doesn't happen. So I find that I work more efficiently and my practice is for it to be in my, my calendar. Yeah. I love that. 
that's a takeaway for me. <laughs> I'm going to try to implement that myself. <laughs> Man, sure. and, it, and yeah. it's, it's, a, it's definitely a journey. It's a learning experience mm-hmm. and a journey because sometimes I'm doing all these wonderful things that work yeah. for me. And then maybe life, something happens traumatic in life or, or, mm-hmm. or a, something stressful comes up and I kind of forget what my, you know, my system was. Right. And I have to reboot. And that's with accountability, having accountability, having a coach to remind you of those things, man. Yes. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have coaches. Oh, right. Actually, I know what I would do, but I'm more efficient. Okay. I would keep floundering and get stuff yeah. done. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, yes. I tell people, yeah, when I interview people, I'm like, you're going to get it done regardless whether yeah. you start working with me or not. Mm-hmm. But. I would love to get a front row seat to all this brilliance and I will help you get there a little quicker and smoother. Right. I'll, I'll let you, I'll get you there without you killing yourself. You still have to poke the box a little and still try things for yourself, but yeah. So you'll that's get there a lot faster. Utilize, yeah. You'll get there a lot <laughs> yeah. faster. I utilize my coaches like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. So do that's, you incorporate storytelling at all in your coaching programs? You and if so, how? I, that's so crazy that you asked that because talk about being intentional. I've never mm-hmm. been intentional. Like I shouldn't say never. I don't really ask a practice. I'm not as intentional with it because okay. I've done, you know, with storytelling, I've taken tons of storytelling with writing mm-hmm. the one woman show and writing um, my book and their storytelling. That's kind of innately in me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with public speaking, like you're not going to get up and talk right. about it without you telling a story. And so I think I do it innately, but I would love to be more Mm -hmm. intentional about it. I know that it would serve my practice. It would serve the people who are listening more. They'd probably be able to relate more to some of the stories I tell. So I would love Mm -hmm. to intentionally incorporate storytelling, but I naturally will incorporate storytelling. I think I kind of did it, you know, when you were asking me about meeting the celebrities and, you know, it's it's kind of like this natural thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Well, the fact that you even incorporate the storytelling because it's kind of natural for you. Mm-hmm. But I think that it allows people to kind of be drawn into your story and to the person that you are. It's not just you as a persona, this coach or well, this actress. So people yeah. are like, yeah, they love yeah. what it is that you have to say. And your yeah. personality shines through whatever story you tell. So that's very, that is very true. Anyone telling a story, that's true. It will shine through. How do you yeah. feel about um, storytelling in your world? Is that like a major intentional thing? Too? Yes. Oh, hugely. Yes, it's huge. Because I feel like, first of all, yes, it allows people to get to know you a little bit more. But it also allows you the person who's telling the story to take ownership of that story. And every time they tell it, they feel that much stronger, especially if they've experienced a setback. So the first time, of course, they might be a little shaky on their legs and with their microphone, depending Mm -hmm. on (laughs) the platform Mm -hmm. that they're using. But after a while, it just becomes second nature. And just knowing that your story is going to resonate with at least one person gives you that power as well. Yeah. You've got the the pen in your hand. You're the author of your own story. You can nice. pick and choose whatever parts of your story you want to share. And I think that's empowering. For yeah, sure. I, w- I was yeah. going to say, I'm sure in your practice is empowering when you can coach a client into owning their story in that yes. way. Yeah. 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 A couple of years ago, I used to do an event called a year in love and mm-hmm. we, I took people, th- I, I believe love is a lifestyle and so we're, I love my body. I love my sanctuary. I love, and we went down the list of 12 things and I love my story was one of them. And, and I brought mm-hmm. in a lady who helps people write their story. Like she just got someone on the New York times bestseller list or no wall street journal bestsellers list. Okay. Almost saying. But yeah. um, 
Yeah, but we we looked at it from that perspective of if you tell your story, you're the you're the gatekeeper, you're the owner of it. So it's nice to hear you say that. Oh, I want to get in touch with this woman. <laughs> yes, I will. I will give you her information. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I got um, you. <laughs> thank you. So my other question about what it is that you do. So why is love so important? I mean, obviously, I know relationships are important, but why is love so important for you to even become a love coach? Yeah, mm-hmm. man, I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> Ooh, child. So growing up, you know, you watch these stories and the rom-coms and, and you're like, I want a guy to stand out my window with a boom box. You know, yeah. all these stories. I mean, there's just so many and, and you want that movie, yeah. that movie love. Well, mm-hmm. what that did for me, how that transpired in my life is it, I turned into a love addict. Okay. So either I was choosing the wrong guy. Most of the time I was because I didn't mm-hmm. want to be hurt. So I chose guys who I knew what I was getting, you know, yeah, choosing the wrong guy or I was immediately stopping something when there was a slight little challenge. So mm-hmm. you get with you, you know, you're entertaining someone, but they might have the wrong shoes on or they might yeah. say something random that doesn't sit well with you or they might not call you at a certain mm-hmm. time. And, and I would just kind of, I was like, Oh, romance gone next. So I really okay. became a, I really became a love addict. So mm-hmm. I was like this victim and a love addict at the same time. It was just cray cray. So I was like, no one teaches you how to love. No one right. teaches anyone how to love. They say, oh, you're going to learn it, you know, from your parents and from this mm-hmm. and from that. And everyone's loving from broken places most of the time. Yes. And so mm-hmm. with that being said, I wanted to create a space where I was also love business. And I've watched CEOs my, my, in a former life. I was an executive assistant to level executives. So I watched CEOs and how they managed life and how they worked. And I thought about it. I was like, if you had as many meetings with yourself or your spouse as you had Mm. that you have Mm. when you are working at a company, your life would be dope. So it gave me the idea of love CEO. How can I understand Mm. my company, which is going to be myself in love? How can I dive deep and and get a better understanding of it? And so that made me like my past and then working as an executive assistant and knowing I, there has to be a way of doing this and it's feeling good and it not hurting. Love does not hurt. Mm. People be like, Oh, love is love. Love hurts. And it's like, no, the absence of love hurts. And so, right. I, yeah. So I really wanted to uncover what love was because coming from a love addict, I said, I mm. have to understand what this definition of love is. I have to understand the true core definition. What does love look like for myself? And I knew I wasn't the only one. So it was very selfish reasons to start like, oh, love is because I love love. Yeah. I love love. <laughs> and I didn't, <laughs> and I didn't, <laughs> I know I'm such a goofball. So. I love um, it. <laughs> me. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Okay, good, good. <laughs> we're all refined on our podcast. Yeah. Like, yes, yes, darlings. This is what yes. we're telling you. <laughs> and we get off um, and we're like, ah, guess what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I, I knew that I wanted to, to know what love really was for myself. Mm. And, and when I found that out, I said, there has to be other people out there that are like me. And mm. I feel like if I could change the world one woman at a time for mm-hmm. her to understand what love looks like for herself, then 
it could create a ripple effect in families wow. and communities globally. And so that's little old me trying to spread the love throughout the world. <laughs> I love it. I love that. So then what type of journey do you typically take your clients on? Yeah, I guess so- with respect to your coaching or yeah, how, yeah. what do they expect to get at the end of it? That's really fascinating. When I first started, I was, everything was about dating and every, mm-hmm. all of my messaging that was yeah. out there was about dating. So everybody came to the fold for that. And mm-hmm. then as I would get on conversations or consults, I would understand that there were areas of the life that of a woman's life that she wasn't really satisfied with, or mm-hmm. there were things that she really wanted to change, or she had a distorted view about men, you know? So mm-hmm. I found that working on self and perceptions in the beginning will save so much time in the end when you're wanting to attract um, a healthy love in your space. Now, we can all attract love at different times in our lives, but we're magnets and it's energy. So if you are letting the representative, if you're presenting the representative, then the the perfect person for the representative is going to show up. And then you're going to wonder why in a couple of months or in a year, why you're not satisfied is because the core of yourself did not attract mm. that person. The representative attracted that person. So mm. the way I start with my clients is we dive into how do you want to design your life? It's more mm. of really a, um, I, I would say it's like a business or holistic approach. What do you okay. want your life to look like? I don't go, okay, well, what kind of guy do you want? And this mm. is how you're going to meet him. And, I can tell you how to go on 36 dates in six weeks like I did, which was, I I did do that years ago. It was crazy. Um, (laughs) It was tiring. But if you're going to be sitting across from those dates, thinking negative thoughts about men or thinking there's no great men in this area or Mm -hmm. have your preconceived notions about things, then it's going to be a waste of your time. So my objective is to get my clients into a place of loving their life as a lifestyle Mm -hmm of designing the life that they want, doing the things that they want and they love. And then we can, I guarantee before we even get to the, that part, you're going to start mm-hmm. attracting a different type of person. You're going to start noticing people looking mm-hmm. at you different in the store. You know? mm-hmm. So, so I really start with self, self love, designing your life, then attracting the love that you want. I love that. Love as a lifestyle. I yes. love that. Yes. Love lifestyle. We should love everything about our lives. Even in yeah. hard times, I think even in yeah. times like, like I was telling you, I hadn't been feeling well, even during those mm-hmm. times, I still love my life. I just might be tired today, but yeah, I mean, I love my life. I love that I can take naps in the middle of the day. <laughs> I love, you know, I love that I can meet yeah. people in different parts of the world and have great conversations with them. Yeah. I love my life. I love that. that yeah. There are ebbs and flows in life, you know, and just to think mm-hmm. that it's supposed to be smooth sailing all the time is, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. yeah you, you know, are. a lot yeah. of disappointment, a little bit yeah. of depression. Cause if you, if you think it's supposed to look like that and it's not, you might be a little mm-hmm. depressed. You might yeah. start biting people's head off. <laughs> That's my version. Or worse. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. worse. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I like that. So do you have any mantras or anything that you usually refer to when you're going through a difficult time? You know, I have, oh my goodness, I have all these, all these mantras for like different times. I have a like note card. I was looking around. I was like, where are my note cards? <laughs> One, um, now, and this one specifically for my business because for occasionally, I don't know what happened, maybe about mm. 
a couple of months ago or something, I started doubting, like, oh my goodness, is the work I'm doing? Am I serving the right mm-hmm. people? I started doubting. And, and then I created a mantra that my message touches the minds, the hearts, um, and the souls of those who need it the most. Mm-hmm. So take it, honey. <laughs> when I sit down, the, mm-hmm. the ears, the minds, the hearts, and the souls of those who need it the most, because when I sit down and I'm ready to create something and I'm questioning, mm-hmm. is this mm-hmm. good enough? It doesn't matter. It's what I've been told. It's I'm listening to God in the universe. And I know that whoever needs to hear this message Mm -hmm. is going to hear this message. (laughs) (laughs) Me. (laughs) I got you, girl. Thank you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So that's that's my most current one. Okay. Um, Another one I had when I first before I met my husband was mm-hmm. let patience. It's a scripture. I can't remember the okay. is it James one, four, let patience have its perfect work so that you will be in want of nothing. Mm-hmm. And wow. yeah, so impatient child. Wow. I, I, I pray for patience. God brought me my husband. I'd be like, <laughs> if we need patience. I'll go to him. Cause I'm so impatient. Really? Oh my God. <laughs> it's crazy. But I'm learning to be patient. So, I I meditated on that. I would be getting mm-hmm. frustrated or I was like, let patients have a perfect work because can you imagine being in want of nothing? No. Like it's just here. Yeah. It's, either, it's here and then you're having patience and then it's here yeah. and you're patient and it's here. So you're never like wanting, wanting something. Yeah. No, I can't imagine that. Not at this point I, in my life. No. I love that feeling. I love that though. Yeah that I could aspire to that is, I don't know. Right now it seems out of my realm of thinking, but I think it, it is possible. I'm sure yeah, it is. It is. Cause I've had moments. So back we were saying mm. that things are ebbs and flows. I'm not like, yeah. Oh, I have patience and I want nothing. You know, I've had these moments where I'm like, Whoa. And it feels so euphoric. Wow. But that was the one that I held on to a lot. Um, I used to say, be kind to yourself, but now it's an innate um, okay. reaction for myself. Mm. So I don't really have to say be kind to myself because I just, damn, you just are. Yeah. <laughs> <Check>. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, oh, but I have tons. I have tons. I could probably go on for forever. I'm trying oh, to I think. <laughs> Take your time. Yeah. There's so many. Yeah. Um, I think right now with my health, um, one of the mm. mantras was, I'm reminding that my body is tapped into a universal intelligence that it knows how to be healthy. That's the only Mm -hmm. thing it knows how to do. So when it's not, it's going against its natural grain. Yes. So I just Mm -hmm. go, I just go, my body's tapped into like the universal intelligence of health. And I'll just say that sometimes, like if I might get a little anxious or a stomach ache and it usually will calm, it'll calm me. Like my body goes, Uh Oh yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah, thanks for my reminder. body. Does. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get to that. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. So that's one. Mm. That's one. That's a very current. That one's like current. That's like on my chest right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. So then, do you have any takeaways that you would give to our listeners about love, about anything? What takeaways? Yes. Three, if you have. Yeah. Or more. Or more. <laughs> 
You are the most important piece to the puzzle. Not Mm. your kids, not your mama, not your man, not your friends, not your job, not your dream. Mm. You, your dream comes after you. That's what I think sometimes people are like, oh, I'm so important. This is the most important thing. So I'm going to go after my goals, but not them. They're not taking care of themselves. And if you're not taking care of yourself, you're taking care of you and your self-care is conducive to your bottom line. Yeah. I guarantee you start taking care of yourself. Your income will increase. Your income um, Can I tell you to be my coach right now? <laughs> <laughs> so many gems right now. It will. So I want to just remind you that you, understanding you, understanding your desires, having a heightened sense of self-awareness is going to Mm -hmm. bring you all the things that you want. Because when you have that heightened sense of self-awareness, then you're going to be able to remove the things that don't make sense. Like your body's just going to be like, oh, no, that's the filter. No, I know what I want. I know the goals I'm having. I know what serves me at this time. Because something that serves you today may not serve you tomorrow. And just because it doesn't serve you today doesn't mean it's not going to serve you next week. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said no to some things. Yeah. That would lead me to know that you're the most important person and be okay to say no. So you can say yes to yourself. Right. I love that. That's one. Honey, <laughs> <laughs> <need> tomorrow. <laughs> you're like, more, please, more. More, please. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I, I love God. Get, God gifted me with an amazing knack for strategy and it's not for myself. And I'll say that because Hmm. it's, it's, I don't mean I don't need to strategize for myself, but yeah, I, I came to the realization that I would, at one point I was afraid to intuitively go into my coaching businesses or when I'm speaking Hmm. to someone. So that given that intuitive gift and the gift of strategy Mm -hmm. Um, reminds me to remind people to tap into their intuition and trust and trust Mm -hmm. it because everything you need is inside of you or at your fingertips. Yeah. That was another mantra that I used to use. Now I, I'm like telling my client everything you need (laughs) because it's true. Yeah. At your fingertips, Mm -hmm. Google it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) just saying, but no, everything you need is at your it like inside of you or at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. And, and so with that being said, you have to be able to accept, accept mm-hmm. all of your, your ideas, yeah. accept them. They're mm-hmm. brilliant. I like that. Yeah. Like just be in yeah. full acceptance of your brilliance, be in full acceptance of it. There's mm-hmm. even, you know, there's even brilliance in the mere thing that you think is holding you back. Yeah. There's, I can see that. There is, but I need you to repeat that again. <laughs> there is, there is brilliance in the thing that you think is holding you back. An example that I can give is, mm-hmm. let's say, um, I have, I had a client, actually, she's still a client. I have a client and yep. she was not happy with her job. Um, she felt like that it was just, I mean, the people that she worked with, it sucked, it, all these things, all mm. the things that people want people don't like a job. Yeah. However, she wanted to start a business. So she started a business and in order to be able to pay for the mm. marketing, pay 
her job was her sugar daddy. That yeah. And if we <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I say it like that. But <laughs> no, but it's true. It's true, and I yeah. think, and I think that if we if we allow ourselves to look for the possibilities of life, like the awe and wonder. If we looked at life like that, not to look like a freak on your mind, but <laughs> like ah, <laughs> if we but if we looked at life with awe and wonder, then yeah. we would be able to find the brilliance and the thing that we think is holding us back. Love that. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Just like you know, I was holding myself back. Oh, I'm, I'm always choosing the wrong kind of guy, and blah blah right. blah. And then mm-hmm. I discover a lot of things, and so in that thing that was holding me back is now part of what has built my business right oh yes yeah gems girl gems (laughs) i'm taking them (laughs) i'll hit it and i'll do this one last this one now a story one of my coaches years ago she said that she was just having a pity party um when she Mm. was first starting her business she was having a pity party because she was still working at a job and she just went back and started thinking about all the jobs that she had that she hated so she made a list of all the jobs that she hated yeah. And then she made a list of all the things that she's doing in her business. And she mm-hmm. was able to correlate some of those things with each and every one of those jobs. She learned something in that job that was directly related to the thing that she was doing in her business now. What she loved. What she loved. Okay. So if someone mm-hmm. is listening right now and they're feeling not as resilient as they want to be, yeah. Just know that where you are can fuel you to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. You can look at it as lighter fluid rather, rather than a 50 pound weight. Okay. Yeah. There's a difference there. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think that might have been eight. I'm playing. I don't know. No, that's good. Did you want another one? <laughs> We're embracing them all. We'll embrace, embrace the moment. Yeah, embrace, embrace it all. <laughs> it's so hard because when I'm on the phone with my girlfriends, we'd be over having like faux conversations over top yes. of each other. Yeah. So getting on podcasts, sometimes I'm like, don't talk. <laughs> I'm trying not to. <laughs> so it's natural. But yeah, I love it. So if we wanted to follow you, if we wanted to find out more about your coaching and all that kind of stuff, where can we follow you? Where can we find you? The quickest and easiest way to get to me would be to go to theloveceo.com. And if okay. you go to theloveceo.com, you're going to enter, you're going to be entered into my world. I'm just like, <laughs> so what you'll do is you'll give me your email and then it's going to send you over to a group I have called the Love Sanctuary. Love CEO Sanctuary. And inside Mm -hmm. of the Love CEO Sanctuary is where strong women can be seen. They can be heard. You can come and just, we accept all of who you are, not just the career you and not just the wellness you and, you know, all of who you are in that, in that realm. And then you'll also Mm -hmm. um, get tips and I send out a newsletter every week with different gems that you can walk away with and apply to your life. So if you go Mm -hmm. to theloveceo.com, um, that's how we can get started on our relationship. Amazing. And we're going to post everything in the show notes. So awesome. not to worry for those of you that are like, ah, <laughs> I didn't get it all. <laughs> um, so any final words that you'd like to leave us with? Because it's been a lot. It's been great. But anything else? I want you and everybody to know that you can design the life that you want. 
-hmm. It can look exactly how you want it to look. And just because you have a friend who has a certain kind of business doing the exact same thing, your business doesn't have to look like that. Your business can look exactly how it is, like how it should look for you. You personally, you know, so I want Mm -hmm. you to know that when I say design the life that you want, it's not just some tagline I came up with and sounds cool. I literally, truly, with every fiber in my being, believe that you can have the life that you want. And if you don't believe it, you can come right along with me because I'll believe it for you. I love that. Well, you're here first. (laughs) You can design the life that you want. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you so much, Natasha, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. My pleasure. Thank you for creating a platform for your tribe and Um, you know, just mindful resilience is very profound. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I'll take that. I embrace it. I receive it. (laughs) But thank you so much, everybody. That's it for tonight. And stay mindful. Take care. Bye. Bye.